Hello, friends. It's Jim Nance, and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, Jim Nance, as always, appreciate the introduction. I have a wonderful guest for you this week. We've got the president of the PGA Tour Champions, Miller Brady, on the line this week. A Mitsubishi Electric Championship at Hawaii. Not just the PGA Tour playing in Hawaii. We've got the PGA Tour Champions, the old guys, uh, getting back at it. They've got Miguel Hangel Jimenez, the mechanic, the most interesting man in golf. He is defending this week the Spaniard, of course, Ryder Cup stalwart uh, is going to be out there in Hawaii. So many other strong players. Dude, I'm telling you this right now. I love the PGA Tour champions. I love going out to those events. These guys are storytellers. They've been through so much. I think of the time I've spent with Ian Woosnam, sitting down having lunch with him, interviewing him. Um, how about Bernhard Langer? I've spent time with him in Richmond at their event they have out there as well. Like, listen, there are some very good storytellers on this tour. The guys over 50, they want to share. It's what's amazing. They're at that point in their life. They want to share what's been going on in their experiences and how much they enjoy giving the game on to their family. And we saw it with the father, excuse me, the father-son challenge, PNC event, and how cool that was to see the uh, them giving, uh, obviously, the game on to their kids and, and how cool that is. So anyway, Miller Brady has an awesome story here as he kind of looks ahead. We talk about his vision for these upcoming events, what he's looking forward to. So we will get to that in just a minute. Before that, we're going to go to Encore Golf, my sponsor. Check out EncoreGolf.com. And I've got a promo code for you, B Clubhouse. Of course, it's for Beyond the Clubhouse. But B, the letter B, Clubhouse. You're going to get 10% off their unbelievable golf balls. Listen, Vero X1, I love that golf ball. I'm not even joking around. 15 yards off the tee in added distance has changed my entire game. I'm hitting way less clubs into every green, and I love the feel of that ball around the greens with chipping and putting. So many other aspects of my game, but also got to tell you about the Avant golf ball as well, and the Elixir. There are so many good ones. Check out EncoreGolf.com. You can follow them on Twitter at EncoreGolf. Instagram, they have a huge presence there as well, at Encore Golf. Hashtag Team Encore. Check them out, EncoreGolf.com. Let's get to this interview here with Miller Brady as the PGA Tour Champions season is getting started here in Hawaii. All right, I am pleased to be joined. My next guest is Miller Brady. He's from the champ PGA Tour Champions, I should say. He's the president of the PGA Tour Champions, and he's in Hawaii right now. They're getting ready to start 2021. Um, you're out there at the Mitsubishi Electric Championship at Hualalai, and how's it going today, Miller? How are you? Oh, it's great. You know, the players are starting to trickle in uh, between yesterday, today, and tomorrow. They'll all be here on site. We're so lucky to start our season in Hawaii every year, just like the, the regular tour does. Uh, but we start our season on the big island at the Four Seasons Resort, Hualalai. Uh, really a special place, and this is actually our 25th year 25th anniversary of playing this tournament here at Hualalai and we couldn't be more excited than to start our year this week 
Yeah, and you've got uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez and, of course, uh, the defending champion and so many other players. What are you looking forward to uh, with him and, and just the field you have this week? Well, if you look at the field, we have 42 players in the field this week, 11 members of the World Golf Hall of Fame, uh, 18 major champions. And then this is even more impressive, Garrett, uh, between their PJ Tour career and their Champions Tour career, the players in the field this week have won 591 tournaments. Uh, I always think it's an amazing <laughs> stat to say that. Uh, and when you, when you even say that in front of our players, they take a moment and they pause and they're like, hmm, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. So, look, great names. I think we have six first-timers uh, playing in the event this year. K.J. Choi, first time. Darren Clark, his first time. Uh, Jim Furyk's first time. Brett Quigley's first time. Shane Birch first time and then last but not least Mike Weir his first time here well speaking of first timers I'm glad he went down that road there have been some unbelievable in my opinion rookie classes from last year to what we have <laughs> coming up this year let's start with last year you mentioned Mike Weir you mentioned Jim Furyk like how cool is it to have these guys up here in your ranks now well you know it's fantastic like when you think about you know the Mike Weir and the Jim Furyk's and you got Ernie Els. Uh, it's a it's a tremendous rookie class, and then you add on top of it uh, Phil Mickelson. And unfortunately, you know Phil would be here this week, but he's the host of his tournament in Palm Springs, uh, California. So we're missing out on Phil. Uh, but once again, tremendous rookie class that is probably hard to beat um, for us. Yes. Well, yeah, of course, Phil over there, the old hope, but they call it, it's the American Express Championship now in La Quinta, California. Beautiful, sure. beautiful area. And of course, he has had many obligations there in the past. So good for him. Speaking of Phil Mickelson, um, what is his influence been like on the PGA Tour champions as he gets to these big events? Have you seen TV ratings change or have you seen much change kind of from, from your optics? Sure. You know, that's a great question. I think we weren't sure, even though we knew he was turning 50 this past year, we weren't sure and had no idea uh, whether or not he would play or how many events that he may play. But I think he decided in the year of the COVID maybe to test it out, you know, test the waters a little bit. And of course, lo and behold, he wins uh, his first tournament. And he walked away, I think, energized about um, – his option to be able to play this tour when he wants to play this tour. And really for us, uh, I would, I would say it's rising tide lifts all boats. He uh, brought a lot of exposure to our tour. Uh, the players love to have him out there, you know, and unfortunately it was in a year when we didn't have uh, spectators on site because that would have probably been um, another, you know, off the chart uh, for us, but, but that wasn't the case. Um, but what I would tell you is that he had such a great experience that he decided to play again later in the year um, at an event not far from where you are, the Dominion Energy Charity Classic in Richmond. Uh, he really enjoyed that golf course as well, uh, wins his second event. Uh, so, look, I think Phil will, will dabble back and forth a little bit. He's going to, uh, in my opinion, see how he performs on the regular tour, and that will decide what he does with us this year. Yes. Well, you did mention uh, to the point about Phil Mickelson, the fans and that aspect of the tour as we look ahead. What, what are you kind of thinking as we're planning ahead in terms of when we might see fans again? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. <laughs> we were the first tournament to have fans back last year. 
Uh, we did it in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, with our partner in Sanford Health. And um, it had been a while without having fans uh, and, and hospitality structures. Our players really enjoyed that atmosphere once again, uh, albeit, you know, a little bit more cautious uh, of a setting. So as you look to this year, you know, unfortunately, we're in a similar scenario that we were this past year um, in, in working with each local municipality you know, the state, the city, the governmental guidelines on what we're able to do. And if, if allowed, we would have limited spectators. Um, and if not, then we're going to continue to play our pro-am uh, and, and try to stand up the tournament as much as possible because as much as we want to play golf tournaments, and that's great, that's what we do, but we're also providing an economic impact in the local community and probably more importantly is the charity. Um, which is really, really important, especially in these times. Yes. Well, even looking at uh, previous years, like the Dick Sporting Goods Open event there in New York, how much over yeah. 800000 that they raised in 2019 for charities. Talk about like how important charities are with your vision here as president. Well, look, that's sort of the reason that we do our contracts with these 501c3 organizations, knowing that um, we want to provide as much charity uh, in the local communities where as much as possible. Uh, and to not play tournaments, you're only hurting those charities. But that's our focus is trying to get back out there, play these golf tournaments so that these charities that are really suffering right now can can bring in the dollars and start to improve and help their their local communities. Yes, oh, it's huge for their local communities. I've seen it in, in Richmond there covering Dominion Energy Charity Classic. And, you know, you mentioned Sanford. I love that event. I remember talking to Andy North. <laughs> I texted Andy North. He was kind of the host of that event, one of the few hosts. Uh, Tim Heron, of course, has had, uh, you know, hosting help too. But what is that like? I, my golf listeners, the fans here, they need to get a picture of what it's like to be at Sanford and all these legends. Well, look – for us, I think playing in a market like, like uh, Sioux Falls, we're the biggest show in town. They love the event. Uh, I remember uh, being there, and it's, and it's one of the first rounds. It's cold. It's a, maybe a little rainy, and I'm thinking, man, this is a shame. We're not going to have any spectators. And they are flowing in the front gate um, because they're not only are they used to the weather, but they wanted to come out and support the tournament. It's just, you know, you, when you have a great title sponsor and you're in a great community, um, it, those are all the, the recipes to make for a good tournament. And then our players love being there as well. Mm. And, what a, by the way, Jimenez won that tournament this year. Jimenez. I mean, th there are so many players to look out for. I mean, if you think about it, if you're a fan of golf and you watch that tour, think about the wealth of players you have. I mean, it, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches, uh, of riches <laughs> Miller. Yeah, no, look, we're lucky. It's who most of us all grew up watching play. Um, and, and just because they're 50 now, uh, doesn't mean they go away. Uh, some of them are playing as good as they've ever played, uh, hit it just as far. Um, and I, I oftentimes say that we don't get the level of exposure or notoriety that maybe this tour deserves. Uh, it's a hidden gem and it's great. We love it. Uh, we have great players that, um, that do the right things for our title sponsors and, and the communities where we play. Mm. At one event, I, I believe it's in the Ozark is a big Cedar mountain uh, the events there. Yeah. So yeah, we, we played a number of years, the Bass Pro Shops, Legends of Golf, Legends of golf. Uh, and, and, and that went away. Uh, but then this past year, we needed to find a location to play some, some new tournaments. 
And we knew right away that, that Johnny Morris and our friends at Big Cedar Lodge and Bass Pro were great partners. And so, and he has phenomenal golf courses there. And so we were able to put some events together in a very short time frame uh, with Johnny and his team. And that's actually where Phil won, won his first event. Uh, but what a great place the Ozarks is. He's trying to, um, you know, to make it also a golf destination in addition to its fishing and, and hunting. Um, just a, a great area. Yes. So obviously huge to see Phil out there and huge to see so many big names from over the years that get out there. Um, your vision, what, what is kind of your vision for these next couple of years as you're looking ahead here with the tour? Well, my first vision is to, you know, work through the remainder of this pandemic, however long that's going to be, making sure that uh, we're doing it in a, in a safe and healthy manner uh, for, you know, our players and all of these the communities where we play. So that, you know, hopefully by the middle to end of this year, we're able to get back to some level of normalcy. And then, you know, when you look to the future, uh, in future years, you know, we continue to have rookie classes that come out. Uh, my, my personal vision vision is that we play somewhere between call it, you know, 26 to 28 tournaments a year with the right flow. And what I mean by that is that we like to play two to three events in a row and take a week or two off two to three in a row, take a break. And I, and I say that because, you know, yeah, at the end of the day, these guys are 50, 50 years old or older. Um, and we don't have strength of field issues because most of them are playing on a regular basis. So that being said, I probably need to fill an early season event or two. And then I think we're in a great position. We did make, make the decision this year to not play uh, the tournament in Morocco. Uh, uh, 2019, I'm sorry, 2020 was our first year uh, playing that event. Wildly successful shortly before the pandemic hit. Brett our Quigley players, winning. Huge Brett win Quigley Brett. won. Huge win. Uh, great place. Just a warm, inviting culture and country. Uh, but we worked uh, in partnership and made the decision not to go over there this year. I'm not even sure we could have could have traveled there uh, this year. But that will come back on the schedule uh, for us next year. And uh, we know that will be a great success. So that helps early in the year. And if we could find one other early season event, I think we're in really, really good shape. Yes. Well, for you, as you look back quickly on 2020, like how did you grow as an executive during that year as you made decisions? Yeah, look, I think everybody grew with probably every business around the world. But for, for us and for our tour and, and maybe for me personally, I think we realized that you have to be flexible. You had to adapt. Every day brought something different. I, I would say that you'd wake up in the morning and you knew what you wanted to accomplish or what was going to happen that day. And uh, by noon, it changed. And by three or four o'clock, it changed again. So you know, we had to adapt and we had to be flexible, but I would, I would tell you that uh, the communication was probably the, the most important thing. And for us, it was, you know, communicating with our players. The players wanted to know what in the heck is going on every single moment. Then we had to communicate with our title sponsors and our tournament organizations to make sure that, you know, they knew what we were uh, planning to do and that we're all aligned because at the end of the day, uh, if we didn't have that right partnership, it'd be hard to move forward, but we're, we're very lucky uh, between our players and our title sponsors and our tournaments that we had really good partnerships, but it's uh, being flexible and not taking it personally during a year of, of COVID is probably what I learned most. Mm. 
and putting together like 2020, 2021, as we're kind of unraveling this year, how, how was that decision-making process? Well, yeah. So when we realized we were going to have to cancel tournaments and we were starting to lose tournaments for the year, we quickly, um, you know, worked with our player advisory council. We worked with our umbrella sponsor and Charles Schwab, who couldn't be a better partner and made the decision. You know what? I don't think that however many tournaments we're going to get to play this year is going to constitute what we feel is a true season. And that wouldn't allow for us to provide a, you know, player of the year, the Schwab cup winner, you know, all of our awards. So we did make the decision to, to wrap around the season or, or a super season, if you will, uh, combining because we didn't know how many events we would lose. And to be honest with you, we're still in that position right now. So we feel like we made the right decision uh, and we're very confident that um, we're going to be able to pull off our playoffs at the end of this year with three, you know, tremendous tournaments. Uh, we have not announced it yet, but we're, we're soon to announce a brand new sponsor for our uh, second playoff event. Obviously the first playoff event with Dominion uh, at Virginia country club is so good. And then we play our finale at Phoenix country club. Uh, which is just a great golf course. Yes, you know, it is. It's one of the best. Um, and, of course, I, I love I'm, – I'm partial. Down in J James River area, I'm partial to Dominion at that course as well. Um, I got to ask you, just kind of getting to you for a little bit. Um, you love the game, I can tell. I mean, on your Twitter, it's a picture of you and your family on the Swilkin Bridge at St. Andrews. So give us an idea, uh, the golf listeners, an idea of your favorite golf trip you've ever been on with friends or family. You know, um, I, that one may actually be it. I, I love the game of golf. Uh, I love playing golf. I'm not a great golfer. Uh, I played baseball growing up, so I still have a little bit of a baseball swing. Uh, my ball wants to go right uh, way too easy. Uh, but I love the game. I love getting out there uh, regardless of how I play because of it's, it's the serenity. Um, it's a calming. As frustrating as the darn game is, uh, it can be calming. But I would tell you that, taking my family over to the senior British um, staying at the old course hotel and being there uh, was just fantastic. Uh, my, my younger boys at the time, I think it gave them, you know, an appreciation uh, for a different culture and maybe where the game of golf, you know, helped originate. Yeah. I mean, for me, my highlight of, of covering golf in 12 years was at the open championship 2015 covering Tom Watson's very last open as he walked over the Swilkin bridge at 10, 10 PM at night on a Friday night. Uh, wow. Ernie Els encouraged them. Let's let this legend finish. They were going to stop. He said, no, let's got to let the legend finish. He was on 18. Let's go. Um, yeah. But for me, just being able to talk to him and his family afterwards and, and soaking in that emotion is his son was on the bag. Um, but let me ask you this though. The friendships of golf is such a big thing for me and my podcast. I love the lasting friendships we all make. What are some that come to mind for you? Well, look, I, I've, I've gotten to know a lot of our players very well. Um, we carry on, um, you know, not only business type conversations, but personal conversations and um, how are the families doing? How are your, how are your kids doing? Is everyone safe during the, the pandemic? Um, and like I said before, it was, it was part of the communication, but it take it a step further. You actually grow friendships uh, with a lot of these players. And that's um, it's humbling uh, because, you know, we're, we're here to try to put on golf tournaments and, and have our players be successful uh, and so we're just fortunate to be able to work in this industry. 
Big time. We definitely yeah. are. Well, well, we mentioned your family there at St. Andrews and on the bridge. What do you guys like to do to unwind? Like, are there some go-to Amazon Prime shows or favorite uh, <laughs> Netflix shows during this time? I don't know. A- Amazon seems to show up at the door every single day. So uh, <laughs> that's a whole different story. Uh, no, you know, we spend, I spend time, you know, playing uh, basketball in the driveway with my boys or throwing the football. They both play baseball. We do that together. Uh, I have a daughter who uh, is a senior at Florida State. And so when she's home, we, you know, just like to spend time together. We'll watch Jeopardy sometimes in the evening and see who can do the best amongst the family and um, just try to spend some quality time together. Being a guy from Atlanta, I'm guessing Falcons and Braves, are those the teams you get your boys with? Or what? I, 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 absolutely. It's uh, sometimes, unfortunately, the Falcons, the Braves, they, you know, uh, few and far between winning championships. And then I, I grew up being a Georgia Bulldogs fan. So uh, still uh, very passionate about uh, college football. Yes. Well, speaking of Georgia Bulldogs, great to see guys like Harris English um, win after seven plus years. At one point, I remember confirming um, with the PGA Tour officials that he was the only player outside of Rory McIlroy under the age of 25 with multiple PGA Tour wins. Think about that now. This was in 20, end of 2013. Here we are now, seven years later. That's a joke to think that there were only two at one moment in time. We got more Kawa, we've got Wolf. Think about all these guys. Anyway, um, enough about me. Sorry, I didn't mean to get into that. (laughs) No, the average age of the PJ Tour players has gotten younger uh, over the years, and it's a tremendous – I mean, they're, they're just so good. Big time. Yeah. And, and you know what? Here's the other thing. Uh, I think we're talking about younger PGA Tour players, younger ch- uh, PGA Tour champions players. You mentioned Brett Quigley. We think about some of these guys who won very, uh, I guess they didn't win on the PGA Tour, but they won on your tour. What are those stories like? Well, for a guy like Brett Quigley winning on our tour right out of the gates, uh, it's almost a career changing moment. Um, for Shane Birch as well. I mean, that's the the biggest win they've had in their career, and it allows them to know that they're going to have a place to play at least for a couple years. They're going to have to keep it up and play well, but they they have a place to play, and I think it also gives them the boost that they can play, uh, and it's a good story for our tour as well. I mean, look, people don't realize how hard it is out here. You have to to golf your ball you have to putt well and you have to do it beginning we don't play four rounds we play three so you better come out of the gates on day one and play pretty darn well definitely well you know what your tour has a great social media presence i love the videos there's so much fun (laughs) comedy there Uh, but what do you make of of the content creators there well i i would say a couple years ago uh we we weren't pleased with the direction we were headed as it relates to social media And so we were fortunate enough to uh, hire a gentleman by the name of Brett Lasky. And he has done such a great job with the creativity, building a following, and and, and maybe just trying to push the envelope. And for us, I mean, look, not many of our guys uh, have Twitter accounts. They do now. But going back, and it's difficult, and it's difficult to provide some humor. uh, But he's able to get that done with the guys and so creative. Uh, that we're very, very lucky. And, and he, um, he comes to us sometimes and says, Hey, I was thinking about this. Are you okay if we do it? And I'm like, absolutely. Keep pushing the envelope. Um, 
in, until we feel that we've made a misstep. But it's it, he's great for us. Yeah, I mean, you got like uh, Tom Watson playing that game with um, Miguel Angel Jimenez. I don't even know what's yeah. called where they're dropping the circles down. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's pretty funny, pretty engaging. That was, was that Connect Four? I think. Yes, Connect Four. Yeah, they actually did that here. They filmed that here in Hawaii. I think last year uh, is where they shot that. Wow, man! Yeah. Well, just fun stuff. Speaking of Tom Watson, as we wrap up here, you caddied for Tom Watson uh, <laughs> in a in PGA Tour Champions event. What was that like? Well, so we were in Japan um, at the uh, MasterCard Japan Championship, and it was the uh, first round of the tur- – no, it was actually the Saturday round of the tournament, and it, it was raining. Tom's caddy was nowhere to be found. Uh, I think he overslept, was back at the hotel. And, uh, and so I jokingly said to Tom, hey, Tom, I'll, I'll caddy for you today. And he looked at me and said, well, that would be great. And I went, hmm. Okay, well, now what do I do? <laughs> it's raining. I need to go get my, my rain jacket and rain pants. I had to get uh, the umbrella, a couple towels. And uh, what a great experience. Uh, just walking the golf course with Tom, um, listening to his approach to the game. And he played pretty well that day. I think he shot two or three under. Uh, just a really enjoyable day. I will tell you, uh, my entire body hurt after the day. It was uh, a long, long day. Uh, I was very, very sore, but very appreciative of the opportunity to do that with Tom. Well, when you go I, beyond- by the way, by the way, I gained a lot of, uh, I didn't realize at the time this was going to happen, but I gained a lot of appreciation from the other caddies uh, that I did that. And, and I can now go back to them and say, look, what you do is much harder than people realize because uh, it's not easy carrying that bag all day. Oh man. Well, when you go beyond the call of duty, you should get some extra credit as president. Great stuff. Miller Brady, president of the PGA Tour Champions, joining us here today on Beyond the Clubhouse. Miller, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Good luck uh, with the show and uh, the upcoming efforts. So thanks a lot. All right, big time shout out to the PGA Tour Champions. Mueller Brady, the president, coming on and telling us his vision and so many things he's looking forward to. The story of Tom Watson and Caddy and for Watson. Uh, what a cool deal that was. Just get to know the guy. I mean, he really has a cool position with the tour in terms of leading this tour. One of my favorite tours out there. I mean, look what they've got to offer. Amazing European talent with Bernhard Langer, with the mechanic, with Jaron Clark, all these major champions. Guys who've won so many times as well. If you look at the Americans, so many winners on the PGA Tour. Crazy to see the amount of talent. And if you get out there as a fan of these events, it's unbelievable. I mean, just... These guys are engaging. They're so much fun to talk to. With the fans, it's it's really cool to see that. So check them out more. My thanks, of course, to Encore Golf uh, for their sponsorship, their friendship as well. But, yes, looking forward to so many more good episodes coming up here on Beyond the Clubhouse. You can follow on Twitter at Johnson Garrett. That's my Twitter, at Beyond Clubhouse for the podcast. And then on Instagram, at Garrett Johnson Golf and at Beyond the Clubhouse Podcast. A lot of good videos will be coming out with Miller Brady, uh, especially that story with Tom Watson and caddying for Watson. You'll see that for sure here on those uh, platforms. So good stuff. Hope you enjoyed it on Beyond the Clubhouse this week. We'll catch up again soon.